Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 154, Return to the Resurrection. We're going back, Jesse. It's Christmas time. Why not talk about Easter? We are broadcasting live. Well, live for us from our worldwide shed quarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia, just next to the worldwide ice barrel of the Gospel Underground here. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesse, that was painful today. Oh, the water man. was 39 degrees and it was, it was 27 it, outside. Yeah, it was a cold morning. <gasps> Did it though. It was um, a cold morning. My son gave me a hard time saying on the last podcast, I was flexing on my ice barrel abilities. And I, and I really got a little nervous. I was like, Hey Tom, I followed up with him. He goes, Hey, did you did you think I was like being arrogant, like sweating myself or something? He goes, no, 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 no. I just thought it was funny that you talked about it. No, no, you weren't like proud or arrogant. I was like, okay, I just don't want to be that guy. He, it's because he sees you shivering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sees you. No, but, he but, sees me doing push-ups in my trunks looking like a machine. Yeah, see, that's ah, the flex. On, that's man. the flex. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I was I had my, my thick socks and my house shoes on this morning. Oh, it was so cold. It was so cold. I, I didn't enjoy it today. It was pain. But no pain, no gain, mm. as they say, mm. or pain is just weakness leaving the body. This is nonsense we're saying <laughs> I think that, Yeah, that's a quote of Jesus, isn't uh, it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Maybe uh, what doesn't do, kill you make you stronger. Do you remember those Most shirts? Most people think that's Kelly Clarkson, but that's Friedrich Nietzsche, Jesse. What oh, doesn't kill you make yeah. a bunch of nonsense. What, what, do you remember the Lord's Gym shirts from oh, growing up? Oh, gosh, no, I didn't grow up in no. the church, but I yeah. remember I remember they're like, Really churchy guys would have like the Lord's Gym t-shirts. <laughs> there's a there's a Jesus trained wrestler shirt, which is pretty cool actually. They, okay, a lot of guys will wear that. And they usually yeah. said something like, "Like his pain, your gain." Yeah, maybe. And it was like maybe. a muscular Jesus. Maybe I remember being at a retreat one time where I looked in the bookstore and they had a Shebrews shirt that, that looked like a Star- <laughs> like Starbucks oh logo. Gosh. I just wanted to puke. Anyway, uh, if that's your thing, we've uh, got great swag. Stop it! Stop, <laughs> stop it! Stop it. <laughs> Oh, uh, speaking of swag, I've got. Yeah. I'm representing my friend uh, Nate Aiken in the Pillar Network with my hat today. That is a Corinthian column, which rec- recommend uh, just exudes it, it represents smartness, a pillar, Greek of, philosophy. Yes, yes or they're smart guys. Yeah, maybe Platonic dualism. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesse, we are in our answers. Enough of that shenanigans. We are in our answers That's series right. where we began with saying there are good reasons for belief in God, both that God changes our life, our immediate religious experience, but also philosophical, theological, scientific reasons for God to be the realest real that there is. And mm. so, and one of those uh, that I think is great evidence for God's activity and existence is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And so last week in part one, of the resurrection, we looked at a few things related to history, right? That these kind of realities in history um, need an explanation. In other words, uh, Jesus died, this historical fact. He was Mm. buried. Uh, His empty tomb was discovered by a group of his women followers, right? There were eyewitnesses that claimed, at least, that they saw Jesus and experienced the risen Jesus, and their lives were changed. Both individuals and groups claimed to have seen him. Hmm. Uh, the early Christian message and the earliest Christian creeds were preaching not a, a ethereal spiritual resurrection, but a bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And then finally, the, the radical and very quick historical changes in the church when it was born in the world, that worship moved from the Jewish Sabbath, which was on a Saturday, to worshiping on the Lord's Day on Sunday. Why? We worship on the Day of the Sun, Justin Martyr said in his, uh, I think his second apology. We worship on the Day of the Sun because that's the day which God created the world and also wrought Jesus resurrected from the dead. 
Uh, and then the changed lives of his followers who uh, had been radical monotheists, right? Hero Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, yep. began to worship Jesus as the Son of God, God incarnate in the earth. Even his half-brother James, all of a sudden, he's worshiping his brother, not normal. These things are foundational to the early Christian reality mm. and even to uh, basic Christianity. I think you brought a book today. Uh, oh, yeah, I did. Gonna, I did. And it's actually called Basic Christianity. And uh, it's by John Stott. Um, it's not, you know, last last episode, which, by the way, was a really good episode. Oh, thank you. I th- I had fun with, with that one. I you? thought it was really good. Yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually send it to people and go back to it, in, in part because I think just a really clear way of walking through how, what what makes the resurrection plausible? Um, and I was actually thinking, read uh, before I do a basic Christianity promo. It's not a reviewish. It's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not a review. Yeah. It's not I, even a reviewish. I, I don't know if, no, it's not if, a if review. I remember which button to use. <laughs> it's not even a review. It's not a review. It's a recommendation. Yes. Um, but I was thinking about how important the burial was to the early church. Yeah. You know, we did talk about that yes. in First yeah. Corinthians fifteen, which is probably the earliest creed yes. recorded in in the New Testament. But even also in the Apostles' Creed, right? Yeah. You've got, you've got, um, and was buried. Yep, that's right. Uh, and descended. This descended the descent, to the dead, yeah, whatever, or, yeah, or yeah, the grave to, or to hell. And just thinking know. about how 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 little, 80s. you know, in terms of um, gospel presentations mo- in the modern world, we don't really talk about he he was buried. That's right. You know, right. like you know, in the four spiritual laws, it's right. you know, the burial of Jesus isn't in there or whatever gospel presentation you're anyway, I just I wonder if if it's worth recovering, you know, as we yeah. talk about what 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 was important to the early church, why is it not important to us that yeah. that he was actually buried? There's probably a sense where and we don't want to get too tangential mm-hmm. here, but there's probably a sense where burial in general has lost emphasis yeah, yeah. in the modern world in the sense that uh, there was actually a graduate student. I, I did seminary for forever and ever and ever, and I took my first class at a different school than I graduated from. But there was a there was a graduate student who wrote a, uh, a, his master's uh, thesis, and it was called Why Christians Shouldn't Make Ashes of Themselves. Mm. Obviously a little play on mm-hmm. words there, but he was arguing against cremation. He couldn't get anybody to publish it because, wow, let's, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do a study on why you should bury yourself. But yeah. burial historically was massively significant to Jewish and Christian communities. And so you're right. I think there's a de-emphasis of that today where, you know, you put grandma in, in the urn, so to speak. Uh, not, not that there's anything uh, fundamentally wrong with cremation. I'm not saying there is, but uh, there is a de-emphasis on burial yeah. and, or even going to graves, right? Mm-hmm. It's still there. You'll see you know, uh, cemeteries with flowers and people yeah. go visit yeah. a grave. Uh, we're trying to connect with the person's memory and presence, uh, but certainly it was a big deal in the time of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so basic Christianity. Uh, I love this book. I have multiple copies. As a pastor, I love to have this to give a, give to someone who's who's considering yeah, hold that the faith. up just yeah. straight okay. for us. Basic yep. Christianity yep. by basic John Christianity. Stott. Yes. Yep. So, um, yep. it it really is kind of walking through. It's 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 like mere Christianity, but way more accessible. Yeah. And it, it's connecting. Um, some really kind of straightforward evidences and connecting why did Jesus go to the cross? Yeah. So, th- so there is some why behind it. Like yeah. what some theological, what was, yeah, so there's some yeah. theology behind it. There's some connection into the sort of promises of God throughout time, his redemptive work throughout time. But also there's, there's a whole section on the resurrection that actually follows a lot of what we talked awesome. about in the last episode. Awesome. awesome. He's got really interesting things like, like a whole sub point about why the grave clothes matter. Yeah, and, yeah, and in particular, why the grave clothes being like like the the head covering separate 
from the linens yeah. and all sort of just there. Like like there the emphasis in the Greek on on John sprinting past Peter to get to the yeah. to the tomb and then being like the clothes were yeah. they're there but Jesus isn't like yeah, that's the way they would have been prepared the body with with spices and wrappings yeah. to entomb them. You know, you just don't just do a the mummy bust out kind right. of thing. Right? Yeah. yeah, and and so that the, there are things like that that are like, yeah. huh, that's a really interesting awesome. argument. So, uh, and then he's got it, it towards the end. He talks about counting the cost and what discipleship looks like. It's a great little awesome. Book. Awesome. Pick it up, guys. If you're new to the faith or been in the faith for a long time, seeing good articulations mm-hmm. of basic uh, Christian principles and theology and faith and practices li- living. Uh, super, super helpful. So Basic Christianity uh, by John Starks. Well, today, Jesse, we're doing part two on the resurrection because we looked at those historical realities last time. And obviously, we're followers of, of Christ, the risen Christ. We believe the best explanation is that God raised Jesus from the dead to explain all those historical facts. Now, whenever you come up with a theory or a thesis that you want to say, hey, it has to have what's called explanatory power. Mm. In other words, it can't just explain a little bit of the the things that we know. It has to explain all the data, so to speak. And so uh, other, other, believe it or not, Jesse, other people who don't believe in the resurrection of the dead have offered other uh, theories to try to, to wrestle with these historical realities mm. that we shared in our last episode, and I just summarized uh, for you. And so we're going to hit those today. Uh, and why I think they fall short. And the first one, and I've look, d- deal with me, guys. I I like to try to be funny sometimes, maybe a little creative. So w- we've titled these things with some fun little titles uh, for you. So the first explanation for these facts that others skeptical people might give, I've simply called legend and lies. Legends and lies. So some skeptics will claim that Christians invented the resurrection of Jesus after his crucifixion in order to create a believable mythology and religion. Now, I think there's several problems here. First, right, the Christian teaching of the resurrection we looked at last time was really from day one, right? It was not a later Mm -hmm. embellishment. um, And we have good textual reasons, right, with the creedal formulations, uh, both in 1 Corinthians 15 and in books like Colossians, to believe that the earliest Christian materials preached the resurrection and the deity of Jesus, right? All this material is within a, you know, probably within a decade of Jesus' death. So that short, short time frame gives little time for for legendary development, which we know typically takes hundreds of years, and certainly not in the in the world that the events happen where mm-hmm. where it was happened. Um, second, nobody believed or found plausible a bodily resurrection theory in the ancient Roman Empire. Right, it was not a popular idea amongst ancient people. So Greek and Greco-Roman ideas held that the soul needed to be freed completely from bodies rather than being resurrected to a new one. So anybody who studies any ancient Greco-Roman philosophy um, would know that they actually had, they had platonic dualism, Jesse. Um, They actually thought that physical stuff in all its pain and problems and lusts and temptations was evil and that the pure goodness of the person was the immaterial mm. thing. So they're not saying, oh, yeah, let's create an attractive story for all these Greco-Roman people of a resurrected body. They'd be like, why? You finally got free from that death body. Uh, why would you? That would not be a popular. Right. Yeah, right. Let's create a popular idea. No, no, no not popular. Right. And even, even, within, even within the Jews, oh, yeah. there were the Sadducees, yeah. a pretty significant. One of the uh, ruling parties. Ruling party. Yeah. 
who also did not believe in a bodily resurrection. Right. And so you've got this idea. They believed in no resurrection. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And so you've got this thing that like would have maybe would have made sense to a very, very small mystical sect, sect of Judaism or something. Uh, and really of, or of, of the Roman Empire, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like no, nowhere out there, nowhere in the here, nowhere in here. And then, yes, some of the people in here. And yet within... 10 years, you've got this massive spread that's outside right, that's right, of, that's right. of Judaism. So neither the Greco-Roman religious world, philosophical world, nor the Jewish, a large parts of the Jewish world would have thought, hey, let's make a story that's good for us. Not a bodily resurrection. They would not hmm. have welcomed that at hmm. all. And, and additionally, we talked about last time, we won't labor this again, but the story of the women followers discovering the tomb would have been a terrible choice for legend makers. Yeah as it would have made that legend highly unbelievable, highly implausible, not plausible. And so finally, uh, some attempt, and this is a little complex. We won't get into it all here today. I will reference an uh, article on the web, Jesse, for this. Some mm. attempt to say that Christians, you see this on like YouTube atheists or TikTok atheist type people, that Christians borrowed the story of resurrected savior gods from pagan religions and were engaging in a like, oh, look, look us too, in kind of making mm-hmm. Jesus a god. This this is not historically, uh, uh, it's very histo- historically doubtful. Yeah. And so like Osiris or Isis worship, these kind of Mithraism are some of the things that are mentioned. But interestingly enough, uh, there's a professor emeritus at Miami University of Ohio named Edwin Yamuchi. Okay, he's written convincingly. He's a professor of ancient history, right? Specifically in these ancient religious kind mm. of cults, and he's he's written convincingly that none of these so-called parallel stories is remotely similar, and, and and almost all of them are dated, you know, except for maybe ancient Egyptian stuff to after Christianity. So these are later things; they have nothing to do with the story of Jesus. In some cases, these religions are more likely have adopted their mythology in response to Christian teaching. So. Here's an essay, guys, I highly recommend to you guys. Dr. Yamuchi's essay, Easter, Myth, Hallucination, or History. We'll link to that mm. in the show notes for you. So the idea of legends uh, or, or lies developing um, seem very, very implausible to explain the historical facts. Now, number two. Number two explanations giving. Um, I've just called this the okie doke of the body snatcher in the lost tomb. Okay, so all right, so you got the legends and lies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now you got the okie doke. They got the okie doke. For, for our rural listeners, if you don't know about the okie doke, it's spelled uh, O K I E D O K E. Some people would read that and say okie dokie, but no, that would just show you're very white. Um, <laughs> the the okie doke. I was going with rural. Yeah, rural. Uh, the okie doke is like pulling the flim flam or the bamboozle. To you. <laughs> On people, you're trying to trick folks, yeah, right? Yeah. You pull the okie doke. Shout out to those who know what I'm talking about. So uh, the earliest story, right, did involve this idea of someone stealing mm. the body of, of Jesus' tomb. So, uh, so this would mean the disciples were some not just liars, but tricky folks would have made kind of Ocean's Eleven, twelve, thirteen, or whatever uh, look sheepish, right? This would have been a a really difficult thing to do. And so there's actually a tradition that a guard was placed at the tomb because this was an early mm. deflection about the resurrection preaching that, that they snatched him up, right? They snatched the body. This is Matthew 27, 62 through 66. Uh, in, yeah, in I'd be happy Testament. to read it. <clears throat> the next day, that is after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive. 
After three days I will rise. Therefore order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he is risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Okay, so this is an early tradition in the uh, Synoptic Gospels where this idea of stealing to commit this kind of uh, fraud was put forth. And so this is very interesting to me, Jesse. And this this was probably brought home, let me think, I think it was Chuck Colson. Chuck Colson was uh, a member of the Nixon administration mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who converted to Christianity um, and then founded something called Prison Fellowship, which is still active in prisons all over all over the world, I believe, in doing Christian ministry with with prisoners uh, in the jail, so to speak. And so Colson was part of the group that got busted, who went down uh, related to Watergate. And so he he noted this to say, look, look, you know, when when there's collusion, like multiple people trying to stick to a story, you put a little bit of pressure on those folks. And he saw in Watergate, they yeah. all start, you know, they're all singing like canaries. They're narking each other out, right? They're they're telling, right? T- making the plea bargain deal to limit their own jail time. And so he actually applied this experience that he had to the story of the disciples. In other words, if, say, this body was stolen and the, the disciples did it, right? So they did it. They did the deed. They stole the body and then lied about it. Well, these folks would have created a hoax and then all of them, except one, died horrendous death for a lie that they created and knew was false, right? And none of them changed that story because they said they could not help but speak and preach of what they had seen and heard. And now, look, people do die for lies. People die for religious lies. You can watch the cult uh, documentaries on Netflix right now, mm-hmm. all the even modern-day cults, people making up nonsense, claiming to be God, and people giving up their life for it. The difference here, Jesse, is that they wouldn't be lied to by some David Koresh kind of Bob Jones figure or whatever, or Jimmy Jones or whoever. Yeah, they not got, Bob Jones. Bob Jones, whoever. The yeah, Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Yeah. Uh, drink the Kool-Aid guy. Um, they would have died for a lie that they made, they up, made up and, and knew they, was false. Yeah. They were not uh, being deceived. And then, right. hey, let me go be tortured and die. And, for and it wasn't. It's not like they're going to white collar, like low security, yeah. prison where they're it's just <laughs> yes. like yes. they're dying. Yes, and, and yeah, yes. And so others might have tried to say, well, maybe they got lost and couldn't find uh, the tomb. Maybe they went the wrong place. Mm. But this is interesting because in the ancient world, prophets and religious leaders' tombs were literally worshipped in the ancient world. Mm -hmm. It would have been a big deal. And then finally, the tomb belonged, the Gospels account said, to a prominent man named Joseph of Arimathea. This is the burial. He was buried. So it's hardly likely that it was like a location. Some random hole in the hill somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And so it was actually the appearance of Jesus which convinced the disciples, his woman followers, people like Paul and James, that Jesus mm-hmm. was risen from the dead. So uh, number one, legends and lies. No, number two, the okey-doke of the body snatcher and lost tomb. Uh, number three, resuscitation, not uh, resuscitation, excuse me, uh, not resurrection. Mm. So this is some kind called the swoon, the swoon theory, theory or resuscitation theory. Holds that he was actually crucified, you know, Beat down. He was mostly dead. Be- <laughs> exactly. We He's should have called not this. Dead. He's mostly dead. We should dead. call this the most. Perhaps he was only mostly dead, like in a Princess Bride sort of way. Um, and that when he was alone in the cold, dark rock tomb, he woke up, uh, removed his grave garments, would have been very, very difficult to do, and popped 
out to say, hey, I'm here. And he kind of punked his disciples and made them think he was uh, risen from the dead. So two problems with this, right? Crucifixion, right, was preached in the early church. Mm -hmm. Uh, Roman garrisons who were charged with killing people actually killed people. Right, they, it was not permitted to have them to not die. Right, so Jesus would have been both scourged and crucified, and a horribly painful and certainly lethal thing. No Roman soldier charged with execution didn't do their job. Mm-hmm. So, uh, further, uh, biblical accounts hold that a spear was pushed to his side just to make sure he was dead, not mostly dead. Uh, and then the custom we, we you spoke about the grave clothes, the customary burial process at the time would have had him wrapped in heavily in cloths and with heavy mm-hmm. spices. And, you know, a, a, a weakened, beat down, scourged, crucified, almost dead person would have had to strip all that off, pushed a stone closure away, and appeared to his followers as triumphantly resurrected. This is a very dubious story, mm. uh, indeed. Such a, such a ridiculously, f- if he were to be able to do all that, he would not have been in good health, would not have seen triumphant over death, and would have needed, man, we would have been like, hey, call the ambulance for yeah. this guy, right? Um not many put forth this idea anymore because it kind of gets silly. Finally, I would say what I've probably seen other than the other religions, they're making it up legend stuff. Uh, I see this sometimes from skeptical people that maybe they, the people in their religious zeal and fervor, right? They got themselves whipped up into a frenzy and hallucinated, right? Mm. They, they claim to have seen him, but really they were just kind of uh, in some sort of a psychosis or, or hallucinogenic kind of experience because of their religious um, zeal or, mm. or their religious state. And so um, these visions maybe were based upon wishful thinking, that kind of thing. So this has one problem, and I think people have made this over and over again. Certainly Gary Habermas has made this. Uh, but hallucinations are, are, are personal events and not something shared by multiple brains at the same time. And so the resurrection preaching involved various times and in diverse places, right? In mm. the creed in 1 Corinthians 15, has multiple named people and even crowds. And hallucinations are not shared amongst people. Usually those are private first-person experiences of one human brain. Further, it doesn't explain all the explanatory power of this, right? It doesn't explain all the other facts, right? Yeah. The empty tomb, the changes in worship, the first, the rise of the church quickly in the, in the first Jewish Christians worshiping him um, as as God. And so nor does it nor does it take into account things like touching him, eating meals with him. Right. It, it essentially it would have to sort of say, well, none of that is accurate. It almost just tries to explain the appearances or the test the the testimonies from yeah. the people who claim to have yeah. these experiences. Exactly. So bottom line for us, Jesse, is this question, well, could it happen, right? Could it happen? Is it plausible? Is it plausible? What Does it have explanatory power mm-hmm. that all of these facts could be explained by the hypothesis, which we believe to be true, that God raised Jesus from the dead? And so uh, as many things um, involving faith in God, human beings at times sometimes want to believe, Sometimes people don't want to believe. Mm. Like, for instance, some people, maybe they have a certain worldview, maybe like scientific naturalism or that matter, space, time, and energy, is that's all there is. There's yeah. nothing but that. 
And if you believe that, you cannot believe that, say, a miracle happened, right? And so if you have this commitment to a certain point of view, no amount of evidence will ever persuade you of anything else. Why? Because you're like, well, I don't believe dead people rise. And this is what uh, philosophically people call an a priori commitment to something. Like, So if you have an a priori, which means uh, from what is earlier, from my earlier beliefs, Mm -hmm. I have an a priori commitment to, say, naturalism that nature is all there is and all there ever was, or as Carl Sagan said, the cosmos is all there is, all there is today, all there ever will be. Mm -hmm. If you have a commitment to that, that's your religion, right? You, you think that this can't happen. Uh, So no manner of uh, discussion will convince you that uh, a miracle ever happened any kind, because you just can't believe that you're actually not open-minded. You're closed minded, no matter how many facts you see, because you're using your prior commitment to, uh, remain loyal to that belief system. Now, uh, another word from philo- philosophical reasoning, also from Latin, a posteriori, means we argue from what is later, relating to or derived by reasoning from observed facts. So if we observe all these facts, five or six so facts related to these circumstances around the person of Jesus and others, why can't we believe the thing that explains them all most effectively and congruent with the <clears throat> thesis that God raised Jesus from the dead? Unless... We simply will not. I, I cannot eat them, Sam. I am. I will not believe in the resurrection mm-hmm. of Jesus from the dead. And Reed, you're not making the case. So, so let me just for our listeners out there who are less less um, philosophically bent. Essentially, we all have a priori, and yes. we all and we all have. Really, we both are, we're, we're arguing for both directions That's all right. the time. That's right. You're just what's helpful is to recognize that right yes. so that if you if you think no 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 i just make decisions based on facts you're you already have prior commitments then you're missing uh, the fact that no yeah. you actually already have prior commitments that that's are right. that, and you're going to interpret what you see feel taste touch that's right based on the prior that's commitments right. that's right and so if you so so it's just helpful to kind of yeah. uh, understand that like yeah all of, all of this evidence is building plausibility it it can't convince someone that's already has their mind made up that it couldn't it happen. can't this is a closed right. system it cannot happen so what we would be asking of you guys if you're out there and you're you know I used to be in this camp like yeah. I was majoring in physics in college when I became a Christian I didn't really think that, that God was active in the world I actually kind of had an idea of God before I became a Christian that God was kind of this you know mathematical certainty about the world or the mm. design of the world but not certainly doing stuff right that that's a different thing so what we're asking of you guys if you're of the more skeptical bent and you say oh I don't know about that uh, we want you to have an open mind, mm. right? This is supposed to be one of the virtues of yeah. our modern yeah. world, to have an open mind to look at. So so both this reason before the fact, after the fact, or if you go back to the history of philosophy, for the philosophy nerds out there, you know, the debate between Plato and Aristotle, rationalism versus empiricism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we all do this. We all have a certain... We, we're sitting here today. We have a beliefs and experiences prior to that that we interpret reality for. And then we have observations, right? Some empirical, some uh, existential or spiritual or personal. And those observed things can help us reinterpret maybe our assumptions. And all of us do this from time to time. And I think in the simplest way, we start where we start. We look at uh, things that are shared with us. Yeah. Um, And I find that the evidence for Jesus is historical, physical, bodily resurrection to be very compelling. If we're open to it, if you're mm. open to that being a potential explanation, um, so the alo- hey, bef- yeah, yeah. Before we close up this episode, Reed, could I make? I'm going to make a second book recommendation. It's also not a reviewish, 
Um, but no, don't it's do not it. A review. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not even reviewish again, yeah. but, um, but if you're, if you're listening and you're skeptical, but open-minded or you're listening and you, you, you have someone in mind, right? A, yeah. a family member, a friend, and you're like, man, this person is, I think that they would be open-minded if yeah. they, if they were able to identify like, oh, I do have some, some prior commitments yeah. and I need to maybe um, analyze those even as I analyze the data and facts about the potential for a resurrection or God. Yeah. Um, I think that the best apologetic book for me, yeah. for people wired like me, yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't a physics major, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, was actually Surprised by Joy yeah. by C.S. Lewis. So it yeah. wasn't mere Christianity. Yeah, yeah. Surprised by Joy is his, basically his memoir. Yes. And you get to sort of see in his own sort of first person narration of from closed skeptic to open yep to, to a theism a theism mm, yeah. to finally like okay the resurrection i, I believe the resurrection I believe in the gospel right and it, it's really Christian. helpful to yeah. expose like as you read it you're like oh yeah i remember feeling that same way yes. you know or or i'm right there right now yes and so watching someone who's clearly brilliant yeah um not a fool yes and then hearing them kind of narrate their own their own journey in 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 this i think is really really helpful yeah fantastic recommendation uh c.s lewis when, when we when you hear the word theism that's belief in god right belief in godism and lewis is went from kind of atheism agnosticism into saying oh there's probably something or he called himself the yeah. most reluctant convert in the world yeah. and that was actually just his conversion to deism theism yes. that wasn't his his final yes. conversion yes he was kicking and screaming just to believe in god and then yeah. certainly later was convinced and convicted about the resurrection and the gospel, right? Because now theologically, right, the resurrection is very important to our faith, right? It, it's central. Uh, you know, we were, I was talking with uh, Coach Jared Hot. What's up, Coach Hot? Shout out uh, from the Virginia Tech Wrestling Program on Monday, just sitting after practice. Those guys are just got done working out. We're talking about what things, basic things, you actually need to believe. Um, to be a Christian, you know, obviously there's a list. It's not as long as most people want to make it, but like certainly, right, that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. This is uh, Romans chapter 10. Uh, the the resurrection is central. Mm. And, and we to be a Christian is to believe in this mm-hmm. uh, miracle because it is for our justification. So a few things theologically. First, uh, it is a vindication and confirmation of the work of God through Christ, right? God has shown this to all people, this Acts 17, by raising him from the dead, right? This is like a vindication of his work, his teaching, his testimony is that, that he was risen, right? Show, showing himself to be uh, divine. It's also a foretaste uh, uh, of the kingdom of God. Foretaste mm. is kind of a word, kind of like an appetizer, mm-hmm. right? You're going to eat some calamari before you eat your, your uh, chicken parm. Right, it's a foretaste to the real meal of the kingdom of heaven. Right, where life fully and finally mm. triumphs over death, disease, suffering, all those things. Right, in this way, the resurrection is the first act of God's ultimate renewal and reversal of the curse of sin and death that we live in today. And so, we live now as a people experiencing this resurrected life and renewal, the abundant life Jesus promised in John ten today. Right, it's mm-hmm. a down payment on what is yet uh, to come. And so finally, the resurrection is a promise of our own resurrection uh, coming when, unlike Greco-Roman people, we think that the body is good, right? We did a whole series on body, right, Jesse? Mm-hmm. The body will be redeemed and raised imperishable, finally and fully with new life, ending the hope, ending in hope where death is vanquished and Christ is fully king. So we will rise 
because he rose, mm-hmm. right? It is a promise of our own destiny, which isn't floating around the clouds like Casper the friendly ghost, as friendly and kind as Casper may be. It is resurrection mm. from the dead and the life to come eternal. Mm. Right? So that's what Easter's about. But as we head into Christmas, the bo- the child was born a mm. king, and he was born to live and born to die for us and our justification be raised from the dead. Mm. Now, one of my favorite passages, Jesse, and we'll close with this, mm. and uh, and I'll, I'll let you read this for us. Um, this is out of that same chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, where that early creedal formulation in the in the first few verses, this is the end of that cha- great chapter about the resurrection, where the promise is, is reasserted to Christians. And one of my favorite things about this, we see the apostle, the sent one, the the early Christian leader, Paul, St. Paul, he talks trash to death. Mm. Now, when you can cross the end zone, flip the ball, and talk trash to death, Mm. that's a pretty big claim. If it's true, we're all going to crip walk with Dion (laughs) into the kingdom because death has been defeated. So go ahead and read for us. Uh, first there, 15, 15. And, and there's this great line in the middle about swallowing. Yeah. And when we did our, we, we preached through Isaiah a couple of years ago and we had this scholar come in, Old Testament scholar, talk about how in the ancient Near East, um, death was known as the swallower. Yeah. Because what does it do? What, is, what does the grave down. do? Yeah. But yeah. swallow everyone up. Yeah. Except for one. Yeah. Man. One couldn't be swallowed. Yeah, and in fact, uh, in the end, he will, through his resurrection, the swallower is swallowed. Yeah. Right? That's brilliant. Okay, yeah. uh, this is 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 58. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Where are you at? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So, Jesse, with our brother Paul, we now stand, talk, tread, death, where's your victory? Where you at? You're not there anymore, right? This is better news than Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. Believe that, Jesse, the Gospel Underground podcast produced together. My partner from the Bonhoeffer House, Jesse Fury, review us on iTunes, five stars, Spotify, YouTube podcast. Do it. Send your comments, feedback, questions that you might want us to take up. Maybe get some good answers to mm-hmm. to info at gospelunderground.org. We are a dialogue taking place in the borderlands between the church and culture. And someday, no more ice barrel, no more pain. <laughs> the body will be fixed. No ice barrels in the new heavens and the new earth. Well, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Peace. Peace.